This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Great to have you with us on a Saturday morning, David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you. Coming to you live from Harrison Agents here in Salamanca, a mild day. I think it's going to be a little bit average warm in temperature. I don't know whether I'm going to get a swim today, Brett, but it's fine. We've had some pretty nice weather. It was pretty windy last night, but it did calm down eventually. As the cricket, the Australia beating the West Indies, of course, and because of that... I couldn't watch any NBL last night. I did watch the highlights last night and great to have the best to ever do it. The host of Andy Marangazi on a, an afternoon every day here for us on SEN. Good morning to the great one, Andrew Gaze, has joined us. Good morning, Gaze. Uh, good morning, David. Good day, Brett. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I actually called the game last night and uh, the Brisbane Bullets, they, they kept their playoff chances alive with a a very solid win against the Adelaide 36ers. The Adelaide 36ers, they could not throw it in the ocean. They were putrid from the three-point line. Um, and as such, uh, the Brisbane were come away with a, a really solid win. I watched the, the quick highlight package of the first game, uh, New Zealand and Illawarra. Yeah. Really do-or-die stakes almost. I mean, they're both very much alive for plenty of positions still on the ladder. But that was a look like a dinky-die game of NBL. No, it was. Well, at this stage of the season, with so much at stake, this has been a season like, uh, I really can't remember a season so close no. where, you know, right now we've got a few teams that have, that have you can put a red texture through them, that they're, they're out of the race, but um, this is the second last round, and we saw it last night in that New Zealand, again, New Zealand, I think, uh, uh, if they can actually get into the finals, are, uh, are going to be one of the, the genuine contenders, uh, but up against uh, Illawarra, who, what, what a season they've had. They've turned around, they fired their coach, and um, what a turnaround it's been for them. So it was a, it was a tough, really intense battle with a playoff uh, atmosphere, which, which it needs to be, given how close the season is. It feels like to me, Gazi, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, that, and I've felt this for about two weeks, that, and even though they've lost Lamb to that Achilles, which might get them in the end, but they feel like the third or fourth best team in it, New Zealand. 100%. Uh, their, their talent, their, their import uh, combination is as good as there is in the, in the competition. Uh, uh, Parker Jackson-Cartwright, he is, Oof. to me, he's an all-star five. Agree. Uh, certainly. Um, and you, you look at, they've also had other injuries to, to uh, international, like Finn Delaney, very much part of the, the, the New Zealand national team. He's missed a big chunk of the season. Zylan Cheatham is a human highlight reel. I mean, that fella can, plays above the rim, and he's missed a huge chunk of the season with a, a broken bone in his foot. So um, they've had some hard luck stories, which a lot of teams have, but now they're just uh, starting to get it together. Will McDowell-White, he's another one. He's a superstar last season, missed big chunks of the season. But, um, you know, right now, I think them, uh, New Zealand, uh, the Jackies, uh, Perth, and, of course, Melbourne United are the team that I'd most expect to see in that semi-final series. 
Gazy, from a from a duck jumpers perspective, the team we don't want to see is New Zealand. They they seem to give us kittens. We we don't match up well against them. Uh, they 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 kind of beat us up a little bit, which is concerning. So we're kind of hoping down here that New Zealand happen to just kind of fall out of the race, so we, so we don't see them. Some of the you know some interesting conversations during the week. It's the back end of the year. The the MVP is being spoken about. Uh, you mentioned uh, Parker Carter Wright. Is that is he someone yep. that, that 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 is right in that conversation from your perspective? Yeah, I I'm actually part of the nomination committee. We cool. don't get to ah, uh, the comment. No, no, I am because we don't actually get to pick who the winners are. All what we do, they've got a, a panel of seven or eight people that put together nominations that then go back to the coaches, the players, and a few other select uh, people that actually make the choices. But we get to choose who is going to be on the ballot. Um, uh, and, and the MVP race, I think most people consider that it's a lock for, for Bryce Cotton um, with what he's been able to do this season in turning around the Perth Wildcats. Again, it's been uh, extraordinary. But I think with Parker Jackson Cartwright, I think Chris Golding is not going to win it, but he's certainly in that conversation. Um, and we actually had to... We, I think in our uh, nomination form, we had to actually come up with 15. Now, 15 is a bit of a stretch, and there's... Um, <laughs> but but they, they, they cast a, a pretty broad net. But I think um, Bryce is the one to beat, and uh, there's going to be a bit of space between him and the rest. Well, which actually uh, poses another question, and, and apologies to Parker Jackson Cartwright. I think I called him Parker Carter Jackson. Um, but he, he, can, he can, he can take that on if he wants. <laughs> He's been called worse, I'm sure. So let me, let me hit you with an alternate world. You've, and, and congratulations, you've just been announced the, the coach of the Boomers, so well done. Um, in, this, in this alternate world we've created, Bryce yep. Cotton's also, also available for selection for the Boomers. Are you yep. picking him? It is a difficult one because um, you're only allowed one naturalised player. And Matisse Thibel is the one that's had that role in our team in, in Tokyo. Um, me, personally, I think with when, you, when you're selecting the team on need, they're both absolute superstars and should be in the team. But when you can only choose one, I have a leaning more towards Bryce because of his scoring um, and, mm. and the way he works off the ball and uh, Matisse is there because he is an elite defender, not just for the boomers, in the world. He just can guard multiple positions. But um, I think right now for what the team needs with the, the, the age profile, with a couple of superstars, I think uh, Bryce would fit very nicely in that group. And so whilst you're still the coach of the boomers, um, yep. let's talk Ben Simmons because I also want to yes. give you the head coaching role for the Nets as well. What do you, how, do you, how do you deploy Ben Simmons for the Nets? And, and then alternately, how do you make him fit with the boomers? Yeah, it's an interesting one with the way the game is played these days. Um, as Ben's clearly, he, he does not want to shoot the ball. He, he's not going to shoot the ball from the perimeter. And it's a, an area of... A, of the game that is so vital for all the players these days and not just individually for yourself. You need to be a perimeter threat because there's a lot of five-out basketball, spread the floor, put some heat on the rim, any sort of help, you kick it out and you shoot it. And it's a pretty simple uh, strategy, but it's when you've got uber-elite talent, they are very important skills that you need to have. Um, ben is very unique because he is one of the 
the, the elite defenders in the world because he can guard one through five. On the offensive end, he's kind of like this unicorn because he's 6'10", but he his ability to get to the rim, his ability to push the, the, the tempo, his passing ability is off the charts. So he, he's a star, but it's about trying to put him in the right set of circumstances with the right people around him. And from a boomer standpoint, absolutely. I'm ta- I'm going to... If, oh, if some people call it a, a gamble, well, I'm taking that gamble. He, he would be absolutely in my team. But the, the, the big question and the big challenge that, that Brian Gorge is going to have, if in fact that is the case, um, Josh Giddy is similar in, in some of his skill sets, mm. in the way in which he can handle the ball. He's a big guy, a big guard, um, uh, but he shoots it a little bit better than Ben, but not uh, at the elite level. And how, if you've got them both on the floor at the same time, you're going to be able to spread the floor, is going to present some challenges. What nobody talks about with Ben Simmons, too, I think three and a half years ago, I saw him put Carl Anthony Towns in a sleeper hold, and yesterday, he, yeah. Jared Allen, he, he didn't want any part of Ben that. Simmons. And no, I, I just don't know that anyone realised. I looked at his eyes yesterday, Ben Simmons, and there yeah. is a role in UFC, <laughs> UFC later on. He wants to fight. I think he's going to come good. He's had a... Tough, yeah. He's had a tough year again, and let's just hope he can do it. Back to that Cotton conversation. I think the thing with Matisse is too now, you've got a developing Dyson Daniels. Josh Green is playing the best basketball mm. of his career. Exum, yeah. he's been terrific when he's going to stay in the court. So you've, all, you've almost got flexibility in those wing defenders that maybe you think, Spot well, on. we need some more shooting. Paddy Mills is at the down end of his career. Particularly, Gaze, if mm. you're going to play Ben Simmons, you probably need Bryce Cotton and not Matisse Thibault. Correct. I think yeah, that's yeah, great. that's exactly right, and that's ex- exactly the reason we lean towards him. And you make a really mm. good point with, um, with when it when it comes to Dyson, who's having a, a, another great well, not it's only his second season, but he's having a very mm. good sophomore season, um, and, and and he can also use his length and, and guard multiple positions. So you're absolutely spot on. But you know, it's it's one of those ones you, you never really know until you get them into a camp situation. Now, they don't do it as much as back when I was playing. We'd have three or four camps a year, and these things were tough as hell, and you're going through a selection process. But because of the international nature these days with players all over the place, Brian Gorgian may get three or four days with a group of 14 to 16, um, and, and, and that's what he's going to have to base his, his decision on uh, as how these players gel. Now, fortunately... A lot of the players are going to be carryovers from what we've seen um, at Tokyo, but still, it's uh, it's not an ideal situation to get into uh, the, the, the small details on, on how in which you're going to make those decisions. Gozy with the Jack Jumpers, let's focus on them before we let you go. Uh, 14 wins, 12 losses. Their 12 list losses combined total of 45 points. Unbelievable. Which, which yeah. is pretty much like a blowout that happens every second yeah. day in the NBA. <laughs> so two ways to look at it. They haven't been able to close, perhaps, but they've been in every game. I've got a theory, having watched them and called the, the games, I reckon Melbourne would say... Jack Jump is the team we don't want to play, especially now you've got yeah. Magne who can team up with Lee, so the the tall timber matches up pretty well. And Chris Golding never seems to play well against Tassie. He's a Tasmanian, as we know. Um, there's interesting matchups, whichever way you look at it. Tassie struggled a bit against New Zealand, um, as Brett pointed mm. out. 
Um, yep. This is not a fait complete by any stretch of the imagination that United are going to romp through this final series. Oh, absolutely not. And if you look uh, recently, they've been on the road. They had a seven... This is United. They had a seven-game road trip because of the unavailability of John Kane Arena with the Australian Open. And, and they went three and four. Um, I think that they are not playing their absolute very best basketball just yet. But you can't argue the talent they have on their team. I think right now that the Jack Jumpers are very much the equal of those top two teams. Yes, you look at the ladder positions and there's a, uh, uh, you know, they've got a few more losses. But when you just think of the matchups and the way in which the Jack Jumpers play, uh, they are trouble for anyone. I would be extremely nervous if I'm those top two teams. I don't care who, whether it's New Zealand, Illawarra, maybe Brisbane, whoever it is, uh, you want to be the team that, that plays that team, not the Jack Jumpers if you're Perth or, or Melbourne United. And I think that the, the, the thing we've been talking about with the Boomers, um, there's, with, with uh, the, the way in which Will Magday's been playing, now, yes. his stats aren't necessarily going to jump off the, the page at you, but here, again, when you think of roles and you think back to that German Impact. team that won yeah. that and the, what he can have, he is right there. And Milton Doyle's a star, but for me, the MVP of the team is Jack McVeigh. Uh, I have no Jack McVeigh mm. in my top 10 of the league MVP. Um, so I think that he has been sensational. Uh, Marcus Lee knows his role. The combination with Magna is exceptional. Sean McDonald has been a revelation. Um, and uh, they've got great confidence. He doesn't start games, but I can't remember a close game where he hasn't finished uh, the game. Uh, so, so I really like the Jack Jumpers' chances this year, and um, they're going to be a handful for sure. Who wins it, Gazi? Give us, give us the grand final matchup. I'm going to put you on a limb. Who's playing the last series in the five game series for the NBL title this year? Well, I've actually got. Um, a rematch two years of uh, the semi-final series, which uh, the, the Jackies got over the line. And, and I've actually got Melbourne United and the Jackies in there. I think right now, uh, in a series against the Perth Wildcats, I, I quite like the consistency that the, the, the Jackies have had. Sure, they've lost some games, but they've been really tight and they're always in the contest. So I see a, a Jackies-Melbourne United grand final, and this is where it might get a little disappointing. I, I just still think the depth... <laughs> And the experience <laughs> of Melbourne United <laughs> might get there. Yes. <laughs> I I got to be honest with you, Gazy. I, I I look at uh, Joe Luau and uh, and he he kills us. It doesn't matter who we've got out there, whether it's <laughs> Magna or Lee. Uh, and if he's back and fit, uh, it's trouble for yep. everyone. I think United with, with 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 him in the team, they 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 go to a whole other level. Yeah, they do, and, and, and they're does. so deep. You know, Luke Travers is so versatile. He's another one that we don't mm. talk about a lot because they're star-studded. Everyone, you, you look at Matthew Delavadova and Shay Illy in the backcourt. That is two Tough. of the best defenders in the competition. It is a night. I'd hate to be playing against a team that had those two in it. Um, and when you think of Jordan Crawford and what he has to do, uh, when you've got those two guys that you can throw at him, Oof, that uh, you lose a few, a few hours sleep going through that. Um, so I, I just <laughs> lean that way. But any, anything can happen. That this this season has thrown up so many different uh, results that uh, it's going to be a real fun final series. 
It is indeed, but I can also quickly mention to you that when Jack McVeigh played on Travers the last game, he absolutely pulled his pants down. So, so yeah, many matchups, and it's really something. Yeah. It's something we can really look forward to. <laughs> Gazy, thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to catching you on the radio next week, and it's been a brilliant year in NBL, and we do appreciate your time. Thanks very much. No, no problem. Hey, I'm calling the Jackies. Your listeners out there, ESPN today, Jackies up against the, um, the South West Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah, when they consolidate or oh, third spot is guaranteed. It's a brilliant year. Yep. Good on you, Gazy. All right, guys. Thanks, Take care. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks. Can, can you imagine, like, so Gazy walks outside to his basketball court and just drains 35 in a row. So can you imagine having that ability? Even at here, like what what a what a remarkable skill set to have. Well, you told me you know you know six threes in a row in the business houses a couple yeah, of weeks but, ago, which I refused to believe. That well, it, happened. Well, it was seven, and it happened. <laughs> but I just and Gaze is such a great personality. So cool to be able to chat to him this morning. And I, if I was him, I would not leave a basketball court ever. You just would stand there and make shots for the rest of your life. What a star he is, and he's a great person to talk basketball with. Let's go for a break. We're rolling through the second hour. Billy Stanlake. Coming up after 9.40, the Jack Jumpers playing this evening win and they get third spot in the bank.